0: And then there were two. We're down to two GM candidates. We're going to talk about that today as well as do a little Mockcraft Monday here on the Locked On Vikings podcast. Oh, wee! You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another episode of the Locked On Vikings Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kitty copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. And today on the show, we're talking about the GM candidates. So thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. Every single day, or making it your first watch on YouTube if you're into that sort of nasty filthy thing let's talk about GM candidates so over the weekend I think it was Friday uh Tom pilicero initially reported that the there were there were two second interviews for GM they're gonna happen this week one on Tuesday one on Wednesday so of the eight candidates that we broke down a couple weeks ago we're down to two Quessia Adolfa Mensa and Ryan polls also head coach interviews have continued to kind of go along um I believe that they've interviewed just about everybody that they had requested before Um, so those interviews are done, and we probably won't see any more interviews until the new GM is hired, and we'll see what that person wants to bring in, or if they just hire from the pool they've already interviewed. Um, a conversation for another day there. But for the GMs, it's Ryan Poles and Quesi adolfa So I want to talk about these guys, as well as do a little bit of a Mock Draft Monday fun time thing, uh, later in the show. So let's start with Quesi, and for this, I want to make sure we're focusing on process here. Um, there is, I wrote an article to this effect at zonecoverage.com. Um, I'll link that in the show notes if I remember to, uh, where I, I, I broke all this down in text, but it's really easy to look at these and kind of say, okay, well, this is who was drafted when Quessy was with the 49ers and this is who they drafted when he was with the Browns and who's good and what's the hit, the hit or miss rate. You know, I, I think it was Ben Lieber when it was still all eight candidates put out a thing that was like here, are the players drafted while these guys were in the, and that. Analysis is gonna leave you short a lot of the time. You're gonna have uh, a a bunch of these people weren't on like questia do was not in the pro person or was not in the college scouting side. Ryan Poles was not in the, the pro scouting side until 2019. So some of the things the Chiefs did uh were not things Ryan Poles had anything to do with. And so you have to kind of sort all that stuff out. But even beyond that, Look, we are trying to find a GM who will be good, not a GM who has been good. And those are different things, even though you might think, well, if they drafted a lot of good players, that would probably imply that they're going to draft good players in the future. Sure, imply you're going to find some weak correlation there, but more so I want to look for philosophy. And it also, I think, mimics the Vikings process better. So I think that's a better angle to cover it from. So let's talk about Questia Doffa Mensa and what his process is. Uh, What his philosophy would be instead of looking at, well, you know, they drafted this player and that guy worked out, but then they also drafted a running back and like, I I don't care about any of that. Let me just look at the philosophy and to know about that, you have to know that Questia Dofa Mensa came from Wall Street as a commodities broker and he has a degree in economics and he talks all the time about how he applies those things to the way that he approaches football. So he's not a football lifer. Ryan Poles probably knows more about the game than Quesi Adolfo Mensa does. If that, like, tears it for you, go for Ryan Poles. Vote Ryan Poles. Um, but hear me out here, because I like Quesi better than Poles. I like Poles a lot. These guys were number one and number three on my list, so I'm happy with both of these guys being the finalists. But then looking at the jobs that Quesi had, uh, he was in R&D in football teams, so research and development, developing strategies, and I tried to look for like what that job means, and I actually found an internship that's open right now at the 49ers in R&D, um, and it's a lot about taking data and spinning it into strategy. So he is not a data gatherer. A lot of GMs are data gatherers. A scout is a data gatherer. They go out, they watch a player, they gather data, they put together a report, and they say, we, this is my evaluation on that player. A strategist takes all that data—I think Catherine Raich did this for the Eagles, too— Um, takes all that data and says, okay, we have these many players with this kind of evaluation. Here's the strategy we should do. There's a big glut of wide receivers in the second round. So let's trade down in the second round because we know we can still get a good one like that kind of thing. Um... That sort of strategy and things like making decisions like let's prioritize athleticism at this position, but we'll prioritize character at that position. Um, Those sorts of higher level things is what Questia Doflamenza would help with. So putting all this together, you can get a sense for the way that he approaches the game. He is always very thrilled to be surrounded by people who know more about the game than him and stuff. I'm not like particularly worried about that um, because you can fill that gap in, right? You can get a scout that knows the game and then just trust that person's word. But the the philosophy would be very, I'm going to call it probabilistic. And what I mean by that is that it's going to be a very risk embracing sort of philosophy. And that doesn't necessarily mean he'll be like particularly bold. Maybe he will, but more that he'll approach uncertainties and like try to quantify those uncertainties instead of just treating them as nebulous clouds of darkness. And a a lot of football people will treat it like, hey, you know, this guy has a character issue. That's a risk, right? Take a a player with a, a bad rap sheet or something like that. There's a risk that beyond like the PR of that, but there's a risk that he gets in trouble and he can't play for you anymore. Right. That's a bad scenario. And there's some percentage chance that that happens. Um, And you're taking that risk. And a lot of people will look at that as this black box of evil and say, I don't want any part of it. And they'll just take him off the board. And I feel like Questy would be the kind of guy that says, OK, what is the risk? What is the chance we think that happens? If we think it happens, how much value do we lose? You know, is he going to get a two game suspension, a one year suspension? Will he be knocked out of the league? What's the risk there? And then making it and then like applying a scout's character evaluation, which is part of scouting to that. Um, And in a very like quantified way of sort of evaluating all of those things. And I think that's the way to approach that sort of thing. You have to make a character judgment. You can't just decline to do that, but you should work that character judgment into other like thoughts about what's the probability and what's really at stake here and think about it, he was a commodities broker. That's buying and selling bets, basically. You're buying probabilistic assets. And I always say, if you've been around on this show for a while, um, you know, the draft, like every draft prospect is a range of outcomes. You're not drafting Josh Allen. You're drafting a guy who could be Josh Allen and who could be the worst quarterback you've ever seen. If you've been around for a while, you know that I've said like every draft prospect is a range of outcomes. You're not drafting Justin Jefferson, you're drafting what could be Justin Jefferson, what could be Troy Williamson, and your evaluation is essentially telling you what the odds of each outcome are. But it's a range. What's the range? What's the ceiling? What's the floor? And what are the odds we hit each one? Justin Jefferson, he hit his ceiling, but he could have hit his floor if he didn't come along, right? If he didn't learn the playbook as well, or if he didn't, uh, if he, if he couldn't release off the line, that was a worry that I had about him coming out of the draft. That obviously he proved wrong, but, uh, that's like something you have to consider. What are the risks? Um, so looking at, Hey, which guys worked out doesn't tell me a lot about the process that led to those guys. And then we judge if that process is worth it. So for Quesi, For me, it's a very, it's an economist's way of looking at things. Economists take trends and probabilities and they take long-term things. They say 60% of people will buy strawberries when the weather is hot out and 40% buy strawberries when the weather is cold out. Therefore, strawberry prices will go up when the weather is hot out. That kind of insight is what, like, is, is the thought process of an economist. And that is the kind of thing that I think would be applied to the Vikings and obviously, that means a big embrace of, of analytics. I know Kwesi won't call it analytics, but it's analytics. So that's sort of the philosophy that you can look forward to with, with the Vikings. That means taking some bold risks, but also being very cognizant of What risks you're taking, what you're spending on them, a very cost benefit analysis type of way of looking at things. That it's very similar to Rick Spielman in a way, and something I criticized Rick Spielman for. I'm a little worried about this with Quesia Dofamensa. Um, I still like him the most, but I am a little bit worried that you lose out on some of the big picture looking at things that way. Um, But there's also a way to look at like the entire, you know, the diversity of your portfolio and stuff. Like there's also Wall Street analogies to that. So I kind of get where the mindset is, but if you can just try to get into his head, his, his head is a about finding good strategies based in evidence that will build a good team. And I think that's what he would bring to the Vikings. I want to talk about Ryan Poles as well. And then of course we have mock Drith Monday to do as well. But first, let me talk to you about the best tasting protein bar on the planet. It is Built Bar. We're all trying to be good. It's New Year's resolution season. I hope y'all haven't fallen off the wagon yet. It's only been like 24 days. But look, maybe you wake up in the middle of the night, you want a midnight snack, you want something unhealthy, reach for a Built Bar. It'll trick your brain because it's delicious. Covered in 100% chocolate, it'll make you think you're having like a, a chocolate raspberry candy bar. But one of those would really have like 300 calories or like 30 grams of sugar and just be disgusting. A Built Bar has 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. It's not going to knock you off the wagon. It's just going to trick your little lizard brain with all of its cravings into thinking that you totally had a cheat day. But you didn't have a cheat day. You just had a Built Bar. And also, head on over to built.com. They've got all sorts of uh, extra promo flavors and stuff, limited time things that come on the website all the time. So go check that out and when you check out, use promo code LOCKED15, L O C K E D 1 5, you'll get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. Thanks once again for making Lockdown Vikings your first listen of the day. Let's talk about Ryan Poles, who is a little bit more of an enigma. There's a lot of press; a lot of ink has been spilled on Questia Dofermensa because he's different, and he's got this Wall Street thing, and he's like a fast riser, and he's in Cleveland, where they had that all they do is hire Ivy League people, and Questia's like a Princeton guy. Um, but Ryan Poles has just sort of quietly risen up the ranks in Kansas City. He's been there since 2009, and he survived two different GM front office overhauls. He was there at the end of the the Scott Pioli era, that brought in the John Dorsey era. He lived through that and then the switch to the brett veach era and the brett veach era is what we're in now and he worked his way up through all of that chaos and as we're about to find out with the vikings when you switch out the the heads that gets swept out real fast the assistant uh, coaches are all under contract we talked last week about who i think should stay and go but that's what i would do not what they're gonna do and the only reason they weren't all fired in one fell swoop on black monday is because they're gonna leave that up to the new head coach who almost always new head coaches will want to bring in their own people. They're not just going to go adopt the staff that just got their predecessor fired. So surviving that is impressive. It means that you have impressed multiple people. It means that you've kind of done well enough to earn your job, even when everybody else around you wasn't That You stood out. And that was Ryan Poles. That's why I think he's kept rising up the ranks. Um, He was on the college scouting side a lot. So if you look at like the 2015, 2016, 2017 drafts, I believe he was the director of, of college scouting for that one. Yeah, that's one of those is the Mahomes draft. So there's that. Now, this is the part where we get weird into the results oriented thing, right? I don't know if I want to over credit Ryan Poles for doing the Patrick Mahomes thing. That was a big team level deal. That could have been, I think Brett Beach was in, in charge by then. Maybe it was still Dorsey, but it was a really bold, high level decision where they traded up for him, but they obviously had a high grade on him, and that high grade came was obviously correct, and it came under Ryan Poles's watch. But again, it was like, oh, good, he watched over a staff that got a guy correct. Like, that doesn't tell me anything about what his philosophy is. So what I think his philosophy is, from listening to him talk, but also just sort of kind of trying to take a look at how the Chiefs behaved when he got more and more power... It's a very steady philosophy. I I think of him as the steady Eddie candidate, the patient one. Um, And I like that. Um, I I think I like something a little more outside the box with Questy a little more. But again, he's number three on my list. Like, I liked him. But the reason I say that is, A, the Chiefs have been very patient and also very deliberate with when they get aggressive. They haven't been a conservative organization by any stretch of the imagination, right? They traded up two first round picks to get Mahomes. That was a really aggressive move when they had Alex Smith in the building. Like that's a move that we've wanted the Vikings to make with Kirk in the building. But what if we traded up and, you know, got the next guy, like the next big thing. um, What if we did something? What if we had traded up and gotten Justin Herbert in 2019, even though we had Kirk Cousins? So that's totally the kind of move you could see Ryan Poles making, but it's not going to be whimsical. Like the Browns, and this is, you might like Ryan Poles better than, you might disagree with me over this. The Browns are, I think, a whimsically aggressive organization. They are aggressive all the time. They just live like that. They just are constantly taking big swing after big swing, and some things work, some things don't. They're going to go get Odell Beckham, and maybe that's going to flame out, but they're going to do it all the time. They're going to get you Devion Clowney, and they're going to get all these John Johnson and all these big names, whereas the Chiefs will be aggressive. They'll go trade a first-round pick for Frank Clark because they don't have an edge rusher but they're going to be very pointed about it. They're going to be very deliberate about it. They're going to target that aggression and they're going to be aggressive right here. And otherwise they're building through the draft. The The lion's share of Chiefs, Chiefs rosters have been draft picks. I mean, they drafted Kelsey and Meikle Hardman, Tyreek Hill, uh, Byron Pringle, I believe was either an undrafted rookie or a or a um, seventh round draft pick. Of course, you know, Mahomes and all, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, all that, but then they'll have a problem like the offensive line. And this is where Ryan Poles came in, too. As far as I understand, Ryan Poles was sort of the fix the O-line guy. Like Brett Feech gave him the project of, hey, you're in charge of figuring out how we fix the O-line. This is your project. Um, And so he goes out for gets a couple of big free agents, a couple of not so big free agents like Austin Blythe and Mike Remmers that still are going to start. Um, and then he drafts guys like Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, and they rebuilt that offensive line, and that offensive line has done much better to protect Mahomes. Took them a little bit to get it all together because it was a new unit, but after we got through the first couple of weeks of the Chiefs being weirdly bad, they've now turned it on, and they look just as unstoppable as ever headed into championship weekend. So it's a little bit of proof of concept that this can work, and obviously nailing a quarterback pick is going to help, but I think no matter what strategy strategy you use, Nailing the quarterback is going to be an important part of it, right? So I don't know if that's a differentiating factor necessarily. So that's the kind of vibe that I can see. With Quesi Adolfa Mensa, you, we will live in this world of aggression, and of this world of, of risks, and some will win and some will lose. But on the whole, hopefully you will grow like on the whole. It'll be like a stock portfolio. Some stocks go up, some stocks go down. But if you diversify well enough, you'll grow on the whole, and eventually you'll kind of accumulate value over time. But it's going to be this really wild ride, this chaotic ride. So we'll need to have some of that patience. With Ryan Poles, we'll have to have a different kind of patience, where it's you know, Rome won't be built in a day. I think Quessy would try to build Rome in a day and you'd be competitive faster, which I prefer. But with Ryan Poles, you're trying to build a, maybe a more steady contender. But to do that, it's going to take a little bit longer. It doesn't mean tanking or rebuilding. It just means you're going to have some years with roster holes on them and that you're going to have to be OK with. And I think that no matter what we do, we're going to have to be OK with roster holes. An offseason plan that tries to fix all the roster holes at once is Basically what the Vikings did in 2020 and 2021, and it got the people who did it fired. So maybe that's not the plan. With Ryan Poles, I see a much steadier approach. And with Questia Dofa Mensa, I see a much more aggressive approach that might have some successes and might have some failures, but hopefully you would see that kind of same steady growth on the whole. It would just manifest itself in a wild roller coaster of ups and downs. That is, I guess, I guess it's the best argument for Ryan Polls. is the way that I put that is that like you're going to have this crazy roller coaster or you could just grow steadily and responsibly. Um, but I kind of prefer the roller coaster because sometimes, you know, if, if you take those big swings and you hit one of them, you could get more than a steady approach would ever get. And I, I think I prefer that aggression. Um, but I don't know. You totally don't have to agree with me on that. I, it's really close. I did a poll on Twitter on, on what people should do. And it was like dead down the middle, 50-50. So I totally get that it's close. I'm very happy with either guy. I think the Vikings are, are making. I mean, I, I had three guys and they picked two of the top three that I had. So I'm going to agree with this either way Um, on the whole. um, It's just an interesting way to kind of decide what team are we going to try to be? Are we going to try to be the Chiefs or are we going to try to be the Browns? Um, Let's. Keep that energy into Mock Draft Monday, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit. But first, I want to tell you about my new favorite app. It is called Get Upside. Get Upside is a free app that you can get on the App Store, Google Play Store. Um, download it. When you go to get gas, you can save money. That's we're saving you money on the pump. We're shaving a little bit off of the uh, the posted price you can save a quarter a gallon 25 cents a gallon at the pump with get upside just go to whatever uh gas stations it'll tell you which ones are participating you go to one of those to fill up take a picture of your receipt upload it and that's it money will just like appear in your account in a day or two after it processes and then you can just withdraw it whenever and however you want you can direct deposit it into your bank or if you're more comfortable with it you can do amazon or google play gift cards or whatever you're just saving money it's it this is that simple no catch that's all so go to the get upside app Again, Apple Play or Google or Apple Store or Google Play, and uh, you can also enter promo code Touchdown to get fifty cents a gallon off on your first fill-up. Fifty cents a gallon. All this, if you drive a lot, like all this will add up to like two, three hundred bucks of savings, like per month. It's insane. So go to the Get Upside app, start saving money at the pump. What are you doing? What are you waiting for? You, you, the d- d- adults. All right, time for one of my favorite things of the whole week. It is Mock Draft Monday. We're going to do this every single Monday from here until the draft. So make sure you stick around for Mock Draft Mondays. Come around for that, if nothing else. Um, so here's the way that this works. I have the pro football network mock draft simulator in front of me, still not doing trades, still not doing anything beyond the first round. I don't know the draft board well enough to really get that deep. Um, but once we get closer, we'll start to incorporate all of that stuff. But for now, I'm just picking guys. Um, the only rule that I have right now is that I cannot draft anybody that I've drafted before. So Derek Stingley Jr., cornerback at LSU and David Ajabo, the, uh, edge rusher out of Michigan off limits. Can't do it. Not allowed, and I'm not going to worry about any of the trades and stuff. I don't know the draft board well enough to know if that's a good idea or not, um, or if I want to move up it or down it or, you know, where the talent cliffs are. So we are going to reject the trades that it sent me. And then let's take a look at what we have around here. Um, There's defensive tackle. There's always a lot of wide receivers around. I'm starting to notice that if I want a wide out, I probably can trade down. But for now, I am going to get a replacement for one of the players I think we're going to miss the most when he's gone. And that's Anthony Barr. Now, I'm not a big fan of the Anthony Barr replacement because Barr's a pretty unique player that plays a very unique role, and it's very specific to Mike Zimmer and stuff. So we don't necessarily need exactly Anthony Barr or anything like that. However, I think a dynamic playmaker at linebacker that can also be very cerebral and also help kind of be, um, and, you know, make adjustments and be an extension arm of the coach and all that is really important. And a guy who checks all those boxes for me, Devin Lloyd linebacker out of Utah. So that's going to be the pick for me. Devin Lloyd out of Utah. He's got the length and ranginess and athleticism. He's good at shedding blocks. He's good at knowing which lane he needs to go to. And he's good at, you know, the mind games that happen in the NFL pre snap, things like making adjustments, understanding the numbers game and all that stuff. He has shown that particular skill In uh, in college, and that is the kind of thing that translates really smoothly to the NFL, the kind of thing that gets you on the field, something you're going to learn about me and you're going to learn a lot about me if you follow me for all the draft stuff that I do mock draft Mondays all the way through like true proper draft season is that when I'm thinking about a player, I'm thinking about like, how do I envision them developing? Because it's really easy to get this time of year, especially to get wrapped up in athletic profiles, especially once we get the combine, we get the scores and all that stuff. We're going to all get really, really excited about athletic profiles and drafting a guy that is just an athletic profile can get you in some trouble. You have to see, OK, how does this guy come along? And, you know, if, if there's somebody like take up Chaz Surratt. Pretty good athletic profile, at least for a coverage linebacker. Pretty small, but very rangy. So there's an athletic profile there. But you also have to understand, okay, how is he going to come along? He's going to have to play special teams for a year. Are you okay with that? The Vikings were. I didn't like it, but that's the way it went. Um, But that's the kind of thought process that I want to go down. So with Devin Lloyd, I see a developmental path where he gets on the field right away. Kind of a prerequisite for a first-round pick, but you got to check that box. And he checks that box because he has the the nuances of the game and i think an instinct for it is a, a really important thing. And in terms of drafting a linebacker, like, look, there's cornerbacks here. There's an edge rusher around, although I can't take the edge rusher. Um, you know, you could go for uh, one of the quarterbacks if you want. I think Sam Howell is the only one off the board on this particular uh, simulation. I'm actually going to post a screenshot that should be up for most of this if you watch on YouTube. And looking at it, no, there's two quarterbacks, Matt Corral and Sam Howell, both off the, the board at this point. But I could go with Tyler Lindenbaum. A lot of people have talked about him. We'll talk about him another day. Um, but That is all neither here nor there. The Vikings are going to have a roster with a gajillion holes on it. And the first round draft pick just needs to be aimed at any one of them. And I don't really need to get bogged down in positional value, but it needs to be a guy that will be an impact player. You know, I don't want to take the most valuable position and then get a guy who's just going to be okay. I I will take a a linebacker over an edge rusher, even though I probably think edge rushers are more important. I'll take a linebacker over an edge rusher if I think that that linebacker will be an impact player. And that's kind of what I'm hoping for with this Devin Lloyd pick. Now, I have not looked very deep in any of these guys. It's way too early for all of that. I'm just getting to know them. So all of these takes, I reserve the right to take them back later. But that's it's more about the philosophy right now. And for me, draft philosophy is, you know, g- get a player that can be a superstar for you. If it takes him a little while to get there, that's fine. But what does that path look like? Does that path mean he's redshirting for two years and it's year three and you haven't seen anything from him? And you're going, hmm, it's year three and we haven't seen anything from this guy. Like, think about somebody who it's the year three. We haven't seen anything from him from the 2020 draft class. Somebody like Troy Die. Even like if you if he came and just exploded onto the scene, he was a superstar. We probably wouldn't think too much about the last two years. But like we're running out of patience on that guy. Right. I don't want to put ourselves in that situation on purpose. I want somebody where that's a bad case scenario, not like the expected scenario. Um, And with Devin Lloyd, it seems like he'll get on the field right away because he knows the the game well enough. Now, he does have some problems as a rookie. Um, That that are rookie problems, spacing, squeezing gaps a a little bit tighter, he needs to be a little more aggressive about that. Um, And he needs to, I think, trust his instincts a little bit more, maybe would be a way to put it. Um, But all that stuff, those are going to be rookie mistakes, you're going to be okay with because he'll still be good enough in spite of all of that to make it on the field and be a day one starter as we lose Anthony Barr and we'll start next to Eric Kendricks, So now the core of your defense is like Eric Kendricks, uh, Devin Lloyd, you've got the defensive tackles, Pearson Tomlinson, you got Harrison Smith. That's a center of the defense and you can build out from there. Obviously free agency will change a lot of this. You know, if we end up with Zadarius Smith playing the Anthony Barr role on our defense, like that'll be different. Assuming we're making this choice before those choices, I guess, you know, your, your free agency can sort of be pointed elsewhere. If you're going to get somebody like Devin Lloyd in the draft, um, that is, I guess, where I land on this. So this week is going to be really fun. I'm really excited. This is going to be a huge week in Minnesota Vikings history because the new GM, yeah, I think, what is it, the fifth GM in Minnesota Vikings history, like the fifth bona fide GM? Like this is a, a thing that teams shouldn't be going through all the time. So this is a really, really big week and they're making a huge, huge decision. So we're going to be all over it over the course of the week while the interviews go down and stuff like that. Um, but in the meantime, we got Twitter Tuesday tomorrow. So get in your questions at Luke Brown NFL on Twitter, at Locked On Vikings on Twitter. There's Lockedon at gmail.com. And of course, there is uh the the Google form in the show notes, or leave a YouTube comment if you're watching on YouTube. Please subscribe to YouTube, by the way. We're very close to a thousand followers. That's a big milestone. Um, and by the way, you can check out the Locked On Bets podcast as well. They'll get you uh good go going on all of those beautiful, beautiful Grambles. So I will see you all tomorrow. And as always, skull.